We just got done interviewing Tyler Andrade, who he, he's the owner of Absolute Flex Appeal. It's um, it's the gym in Roseville. It's like this garage warehouse style, like powerlifting gym. That's for the, the hardcore. Way, it's for the hardcore. That's yeah. the best way I know to describe it. Like, you know, it's not your commercial gym, like Lifetime or 24. I couldn't describe it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how I describe it because I yeah. used to be a powerlifter. But we yeah. just got done inter- interviewing him. And, yes, um, it was awesome. It was really cool. His uh, life story was incredible. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really really intense story, yeah. um, and some of you may even know if you live up in the Roseville Rockland mm-hmm. area, you may you may go to his gym, you may know his story from different podcasts that he's been on. But um, hearing it from you know here on this podcast was pretty cool because it's just right. you know all of the life experience and the, the negative things that happened mm-hmm. between birth and the age of eighteen for him yeah. was just insane. It oh would crush gosh. it would crush most people, I think. Well, yeah, and I think well in between that time he went through more just crazy things than, than, than I've ever gone through in my <laughs> entire, uh, my most life's people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right? So anyway, he just has an incredible inspirational story mm-hmm. um, that led him to where he is today. And, um, and a lot of it has to do with just his athletic background and his right. um, the, co- the influences that his coaches had on him mm-hmm. and how he is now today very much like a coach himself with yes. the business he runs. Right, absolutely. And so, <laughs> Um, yeah. And he's got some really good advice for both coaches and athletes. Yeah. Um, if you're a coach that you know is dealing with, I mean, I think any coach that deals with athletes, yeah. those athletes have stories, and right. some are you know great, and some are more difficult. Um, and so you know you play a big part of their lives when they're going through those things. Right. And then same thing with athletes. You know right. when you're going through it, mm-hmm. sometimes it seems like there's no end in sight. Right. And I think Tyler's story really provides a glimpse of hope for anybody who's in that type of situation. So um, really cool. We were glad to have him on and um, thankful that he was able to join us. Yep. And um, yeah, enjoy you guys. Yep. See ya. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? You ready? When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I'm Deb McCollum. And today's guest is the owner of Absolute Flex Appeal. And he has a, a pretty incredible story that we want to we wanna dive into. And this is Tyler Andrade. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm definitely excited to be here. Thank you so much for letting me be on this platform. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say this, and I hope this is not rude. You're definitely the biggest guest we've had. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're a yeah. big man. And if you can't tell by his voice, he's, yeah. he's a big dude. Yeah. Which Thank makes you. sense for what you do, man. You're a gym owner. Yes. Um, and live in the fitness world and all that entrepreneur uh, all of it so you know part of my story as well is the gym is what has saved me so it's yeah. always been like the the right. my sanctuary or as i like to call it iron therapy and that honestly is since okay. a teenager has been what has kept me on the straight and narrow right. so that's that awesome. to me is, is more than just an outlet but that's awesome yeah. i can't wait to dive into all the questions but before we do i do we have I the, have, the toughest question i know the hard these are yeah. the, okay you ready yeah Deep breath. <laughs> you have to like really think about these i have three warm-up questions okay for you. okay first one if you had a time machine for the weekend where would you go oh for the weekend yeah. so i always go with the first thing that comes to my mind and the first thing that came to my mind is monterey Ooh, um cool. it is one of our favorite places to escape because it's the beach, the weather's always cool. Sure. Um, you know, there's always something fun to do, whether it's relaxing. Our favorite thing is a 17 mile drive where you yeah. go along Pebble Beach and all that. Yeah. And to see those houses, it's always yeah. like a, an inspiration. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I went to Carmel like a few months ago and just looking at those houses on the beach, I'm like, how? what do I need to do? Yeah to get the house like that. What do I need to do? Well, my wife and I, the few times we've been up there, we always joke when we're driving through, it's like, you want to stare at these houses, but you're also afraid to because you don't know what kind of security these people have. It's like, okay, don't stare too long. That's always our running joke. It's incredible. So that's that's a great choice, man. I like that. That's good. Awesome. All right, question number two. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? Oh, man. Okay. So I don't like being hot. I'm When the heat kicks on, I'm like, no, thank you. So again, first thing that came to my mind would be a shark. Um, oh. Not okay. for any destructive reasons, but I would want to just be in the water. 
uh, and enjoying the beach. That makes That's sense. Awesome. <laughs> I guess oh it kind of works as far as the entrepreneur side too. I guess shark is yeah. just a killer. I know you said it's not for destructive reasons, but yeah. it kind of works though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is awesome. That would have been my last choice. So I'm glad that that was your first choice. That's awesome. Yeah, especially live, living yeah. in Sacramento, man. It's yeah. hot. I'm always, go, I'm always trying to find oh. a way to get to the yeah. Tahoe or something. Right. Yeah, you have to. Especially Although all the heat. this July has been like fairly like not. Last night was cold. I, was out, <laughs> I walked outside. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? I'm I need a jacket. Yeah. But I heard this weekend's supposed to be 100, so I, I jinxed myself as soon as I uh, Yeah. So if you get warm yeah. this weekend, it's Deb's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Marvel or DC? Oh, see? So let's get into this. Uh -oh. The uh -oh. only reason, <laughs> right, that might that be I, our entire podcast. <laughs> I know. We're going to get to your story. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's hear it. My son was what really got me into all of the comics. And before, I wasn't a comic kid. Like, I never really had any interest in it. And I really just knew, like, the main three. Like, Batman, Superman, and the Hulk. Sure. So if it wasn't for my son, I'd have no idea. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'm... So, still... I don't know the difference between the two, but my favorite is the Hulk, always. Okay. I so wish I had Marvel. his superpowers. That's yeah. Marvel, yeah. I yeah. get confused all the time, too. I'm like, I don't know. I, just, I get so confused. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. Well, especially with yeah. all the movies that have come out right. recently. So right. what's, your, uh, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Well, if you, I mean, so is it the Hulk? It is the Hulk, okay. but the other one as well. I, I enjoy the, you know, everything that comes out with Captain America. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when, and now I'm bouncing back and forth, but when Wolverine did his as well. Yeah, his most recent one. I mean, those are fun. Um, my son enjoys it, so I, I get more of a kick that he's having fun, okay. and I'm just yeah. like, "It's cool." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. The Hulk is fitting for you. That's yeah, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, that makes sense. Being in the fitness world, yeah, I feel like all those fitness yeah. dudes just love the Hulk. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. He's like an idol. We're like, can we just look like you? That's all we want. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be awesome. I agree with that. That's I'm far cool. from it, so. <laughs> So, we have hope for you, Josh. It's okay. I don't have hope myself. So Maybe glad, he though. can help you. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to talk there about that. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. So right. you survived. Yeah. You the, survived. The Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't so bad, right? Um, so let's okay. just kind of get into it because, yeah. okay. um, you know, your story is pretty incredible. And I'm sure some people that are listening know your story. Mm -hmm. um, we know your story just a little bit sure. from some of the podcasts I listen to and some of the articles and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But um, let's just kind of go to the beginning. So where did you grow up and what's your athletic background? Sure. So I was born in Oakland, but I call San Diego home because we moved quite a bit. Hmm. Athletic background was as a kid was baseball and football regularly. And then once we started moving, I then was like having issues. We'd move and I'd be like right in the middle of a season or wouldn't be able to make the team because of me moving so soon. Hmm. So then a lot of it actually turned into um, my mom trying to put me into sports just to keep me off the streets. And it went into dirt bike racing. Um, and then once middle school and high school wrestling, um, I did shot put, lacrosse, and then football was always bread and butter. Football was always, this is it. Mm -hmm. So mainly just a football athlete and, and everything in the weight room, loved it. Nice. Awesome. Well, and I feel like, because I've, I've never moved, so I don't have yeah. this experience, but I feel like there's a lot of people, when you hear someone's story of, you know, whether they were a military kid that had to move all the time or whether it was just someone that, you know, their family kind of up and moved, you know, frequently. I feel like sports is that common ground. So mm -hmm. a person, if you're an athlete, yeah, you tr whatever school you go to or neighborhood you go to, you try to get involved with sports as soon as possible. Exactly. Because it's an easy way to make friends. Yeah. Did you find that being the case? Yes. So it's always, and especially being a bigger kid, showing up to these new schools and all that, mm. it was always a challenge because it's like, okay, what's this kid about? He's a big kid. Let's test him okay, you're part of the team. So there was always these like sure. tests and challenges and like, okay, right. now you're accepted. But I'm like, you just yeah. made me jump through all these hoops and hurdles. Right. But yes, having that connection with sports, whether, and then even moving on to college as well, sure. you're going to see that you are way closer to your teammates than you are just regular classmates because you put in so many hours with these guys or girls and you're with them. So that bond just makes life so much easier. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That's awesome. So what okay so i want to get into i read you know on your website yeah. just a very i'm sure brief mm -hmm. um just summary of just you know your life and what you've been through and just why you do what you do mm -hmm. so can you can we hear from you yeah. um about just like the obstacles that you encountered sure. while you grew yeah. up and just you know what led you to do what you do today awesome yeah so i was born in oakland california in 1989 um my mother and father weren't 
financially there. They, they had me at a young age. So they were both like right in their early stages of college, trying to figure everything out. So they got a place. So I was born in Oakland. They, we then moved to Hayward. Um, and just from the stories of from what I was told, we lived in such a bad neighborhood in Hayward that we they would have us or, you know, we would all sleep on the ground mm -hmm. because of drive-bys and the glass would come in. Mm -hmm. And my mom said there's a few times that with the drive-bys, stray bullets would come in and the glass would break and would cut me in the crib. Mm. So wow. we, more well, my mother finally got tired of sleeping on the floor in her own place. So we moved from Hayward and then kind of, this is what started the cycle of, you know, we started moving a lot. Mm -hmm. My father, uh, he's now, you know, was a, well, he's a recovered alcoholic and he was battling with, hmm. you know, his disease with, you know, alcohol and all that. Right. So at age three, uh, and this is where the story really starts to develop at age three, my mother and father had gotten into a fight because he came home drunk. And so he was a, he, for lack of better words, he would turn into a monster when he would drink. Hmm. So he wound up beating my mom to a bloody mess right in front of me at the age of three cops take him away. And this is where then. I started losing my father figure and he spent almost 15 years in San Quentin. Um, so trying to be a big kid or I shouldn't say not a big kid, being a big kid in a hard neighborhood was tough because I'm like, I don't have a father figure to really help me. And so my mom took on a whole different role of being your, the nurturing, loving mom and went to hardcore brutal. I'm not going to have this big soft kid. So she, showed her love in a very hard way. Mm. And so that pushed me away because I'm like, uh, I don't have a father and my mom's being so extra hard. Mm. I started hanging out with all the older kids. Mm -hmm. And by kindergarten, I was ditching school and would she would drop me off at school and we had an open public campus. Mm -hmm. So I would walk through the playground and meet the older kids at the back of the playground and wow. we would leave school. Wow. And this started, like I said, I, my mom jokes, but I've had senioritis since kindergarten wow. and it's nothing yeah. to be proud of but it's sure. just you know right. what happened and I wish I didn't I wish I stuck more into school yeah. um, so then my mom remarried and you know um, when she remarried it was uh, to a marine who was on his way out and retiring from the marines with 20 years mm. but he was a recruiter so every year and a half he would take over a new recruiting station which means we were moving almost every year and a half mm. so we Got went it. from Hayward to Milpitas to then Tracy from Tracy to San Bernardino, from San Bernardino to San Diego, and that's where we call home. Mm -hmm. um, and that is where ultimately, you know, living, we live. We didn't live in sunny San Diego. It was East San Diego, and we were like 30 minutes from the border. Mm -hmm. So it, there was a lot of, you know, I don't want to say racial segregation, but there was a lot of, right. mm, a lot of gangs in the neighborhood, sure. not, not nice neighborhoods at all. Right. And everyone was just trying to make it. So mm -hmm. when that boiled over to high school and athletics, you would have a lot of kids with talent, right. but who would never make it to the next level because of all the outside distractions mm -hmm. from all mm -hmm. of the environments that we were in. Wow. So at early ages, kids were drinking, kids were partying, right. kids were getting kids knocked up. And that's unfortunate because a lot of these kids could have made it to the next level, right. but with the environments and the distractions that we were all in, it was very easy to fall victim. I don't want to say victim, but fall into those traps and pitfalls. Wow. So, and I was one of them. By the 10th grade, I had been in three group homes and was struggling with a severe mm -hmm. drug and alcohol problem. Um, and I'm, it's going to say sound weird, but I'm grateful for it because of all these obstacles and challenges really yeah. got me to where I am today. Um, gangs were another big issue, you know, and a lot of times being a kid without a father who was looking up to my coaches, but I only had my coaches for a quote unquote said season right. after that, who do I look right. up to? Mm -hmm. Who, who do I go to for advice? Mm -hmm. And where we were at, it was always the older gang members who would mm -hmm. like, Hey, let me take you under my wing, but I have a separate agenda for you that you have no idea about. Sure. Right. Sure. And so that's where that really took right. off from there. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, wow. yeah, so that's crazy. That's a lot to take yeah. on yeah. at a young yeah. age. Right. Um, and what's interesting too, because you know that's a great point you made about because we we do you know kind of cater towards coaches um, and so, and athletes too, but really coaches because of their influence on athletes. Sure. Um, and the idea that yeah, a coach has you know this finite amount of time mm -hmm. during a season, and then after that you don't know yeah what's going on until they come back to the next season if they come back to the next season. Sure. And so I think it just really emphasizes the importance of coaches because it sounds mm -hmm. like and I, I don't know if you have a specific coach in mind that really impacted you during you know the season. Yeah. Um, 
but it sounds like it, you know there was some coaches that had a big impact. You do you still remember? Those There's guys? still a few, and it's funny now with social media, I still yeah. stay connected to oh, them. Cool. Um, but there were quite a few coaches who would see the potential, but would also see all of the challenges that I was facing. So a lot of them were able to kind of step in and give me that wow. tough love. Hey, knucklehead, you need to square everything away because you're going to ruin a really big opportunity. Right. And so that to me was like by the 10th grade, kind of getting everything out of my system. Yeah. I was then dedicated to school and football. Mm. But because I had already, quote unquote, blown off my freshman and sophomore year with everything going on, by the time I hit junior year, my grades were, my overall GPA was suffering. And so I had to make up for it by going to community schools at night because I wanted to get picked up by a D1 school for football. And everyone was looking at me and they're like, you're not even at a Mm 3.0. How do you expect us to give you a scholarship? And I was like, ah, I'm a hard worker. That's great. Everyone says there's a hard worker. (laughs) But we want someone who's a hard worker, not only in the classroom, but on the field. And so that was me trying to then make up for that. Got it. Got it. Out of, I mean, was there a, I mean, I feel like there's more to the story too. Sure, is that, yeah. Is there like a life-changing moment for you in all of that? Yeah. That has that led you to this? So, you know, and, and I kind of get all over the place with my story, so I'm sorry. No, no, that's I, fine. There's a lot there. Yeah, I get it. yeah that's <laughs> yeah. a lot. At, yeah. at 18, so I had built up this reputation and I had built up this, unfortunately, like following, so to say, yeah. in the community of being a troubled kid and running with the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. that it stayed with me for my junior and senior year. Mm -hmm. Even though I was turning over a new leaf, the people that I was connected with weren't ready to quote unquote let go Mm -hmm. of the grasp they had. And it made it challenging in that aspect. So one of the big turning events, um, and we're gonna get graphic, was I didn't have a car, so I would always either ride my bike or walk home. And we, again, lived in East San Diego and it wasn't a pleasant area. Mom was always like, hey, when the lights come on at night, you need to be home. And so one of the main turning events for me was coming home and I could either take the long way and risk getting in trouble and grounded and not going out on the weekend, or I could take a shortcut through an alley. Mm -hmm. And I knew "Mm, this isn't the best bet, but I'm going to get home in time. Mm. Took the shortcut through the alley. And I've always had a shaved head for football just because it's easy maintenance and I didn't have to worry about gel or washing my hair for football. So I was always associated again with being a gangster because I had Mm. tattoos, because I had a shaved head, and because I was a big kid, no one really knew my true age. They always assumed I was older. I wound up getting jumped by three guys in the alley who were all, you know, validated gang members, Mm. and I wound up having my head sliced open, my neck was cut open, and my stomach was because I was stabbed. And to me, my mom wasn't trying to accept it. She's like, look, we'll get through it, look, we'll get through it. And then that finally hit, and she's like, we have to move because you're going to wind up dead. Mm. So that was one turning point. And that was senior year, right about to go into, you know, my first year of college football. So the second was almost instantly right after that, I had found out that at the age of 18, I was having my son. Mm. And so my son's mother lives down here in Sacramento. And at the time, I thought it was like my world was falling apart. I'm losing football. I'm losing all this. But what it really was, and I always attribute this, he was the main one who really saved me and got me on the right track because at 18 and all this, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but there was no time to think about it because it's like, mm, diapers are expensive, formula is expensive, yep. baby food is crazy, right. so hurry up and get two jobs. So I was working two jobs at 18, wow. and it was awesome. I don't want to say it was awesome because it was definitely a struggle, but it was eye-opening in a sense to where you really grow up quick and find out this is what I want to do. But I didn't find out what I wanted to do until later. Right. Man, that's crazy. I know. I think there are – I mean, that's – I'm sure in the moment then you didn't have this attitude that you have now. (laughs) No, I was crying. (laughs) I was so heartbroken. I was like, my life is over. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, and it's just telling that, like, you know – just you know there are struggles in life and then if you just do your best and get through them some good things yeah. can come out of them yeah. and happen you know with just what led you to you know open your gym so i want i mean unless you have any si- like side no, no, step please, questions please i want to hear more like okay what yeah. happened next i feel like i'm like reading sure. a book that's super that's <laughs> so super important yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, to cut, not, to, not to cut you off but yeah. that's something we've talked about before is yeah. sometimes we we hear these stories it's like okay i was 
in a bad spot, now I'm doing great. But yeah. it's, it's that middle piece that's so crucial for everybody to hear yeah. because that's yeah. that's where the grind comes in, right? Yeah, it's not exactly. an easy transition. Right. So well, absolutely. Yeah, well, because so many people who are listening, a lot of them, like, we don't know what they're going through. Like, sure. a listener mm-hmm. right now, like, may need to hear this, yeah. you know, of everything you went through. And they're like, oh, my gosh, there is hope for me. You know? <laughs> yeah. My yeah. life feels well, like it's a, over, too. They have an athlete that could be, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, that sounds like one of my athletes that I have. Absolutely. So it's like, they could get right. They could yep. hear this and think, okay, yeah. I, need, I need more. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was that transition like? The transition was rough. It literally yeah. took, and I tell everyone, I, I didn't really get my feet under me until about 27 when I started Absolute Flex Appeal. Before that, I was going job to job to job to job, and I would start a job and be like, this is it, this is my career, and two months later, I'd be like, I hate this. And <laughs> yeah. just my mindset, I wasn't the type to really waste time. If I didn't enjoy it, I'm like, why am I going to spend years here? I can't right. stand this place. Mm-hmm. So I would get another job. Then I would get another job. I tried the police academy. And in 2008, when I went into the police academy, that's when they had a lot of the big budget cuts. Mm. And they literally were like, yeah. a lot of you aren't going to be picked up. And so I was like, okay, well, being the you know quick decision person I am, I said, forget it. So I went from the police academy. And I was like, let me try the army. Went into the army. And I was like, hmm, this... That, again, taught me a lot about work ethic and hustle and grind, so to say. Right. But I was like, this this isn't for me. Right. I picked infantry because I wanted to have that cool persona about me. And I wanted – the main thing that I was always searching for was validation and respect. Mm-hmm. So let me try the most coolest thing or have the coolest title. And it would always get me in the most trouble because mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't like this. I don't like right. this. this sure. is, I don't want to do this. Right. So, again, would go from job to job to job. And it was always up and down turmoil because, you know, at the time I was married and the my ex-wife was like, you're all over the place. Mm. And I get it because I was trying so hard to find out who Tyler was mm. that I was losing myself in everything I would do. Sure. So if I was a or when I went through the police academy, all I wanted to do was do nothing but everything cops do. Even on out. So I would like do I would clean my weapon and I would do this. And yeah. she's like, you don't have a life. But I've always been so one-sided. I'm either yeah. all in or all out. Mm. Sure. And again, that was one of the huge things that has helped me get to where I am today. Yeah. Um, by going from job to job to job, I finally wound up at the railroad by a friend. And my friend was like, hey, I can get you in here, um, you know, and we're going to start you off. And my family was like, this is it. This is your chance. And this was uh, right around... 2014 2015 I finally got in was like okay now I'm gonna finally do something I'm just gonna stay here whether I like it or not mm-hmm. absolutely hated it <laughs> first time ever working for a union but yeah. I was like look yeah. you know I gotta just make this work uh, by working for the railroad I have never seen so many grown men complain mm-hmm. about their jobs oh because gosh. of the union oh, and wow. I was never aware of it until that yeah. so what happened was is then ultimately again I was in a hard part a hard time for money um, trying to figure out child support where I'm gonna live um, because I just was going through a divorce mm-hmm. uh, by going through this divorce it then really put a hard part on me and so I wound up going homeless and I was living out of the back mm-hmm. of my truck and I mean the back of my truck not the truck bed but the back seat and the back seat was mm-hmm. a small back seat and I could barely fit you're kind of a big guy. yeah but yeah, I, yeah. I made it work <laughs> yeah And so by doing this, I was wound up like really putting a strain on my relationship with my son and seeing him Mm -hmm. because with all due respect at the time, my son's mom was like, well, what are you going to go with him? Like, Mm -hmm. you're not really doing anything. And you're so then it just turned into this huge downward spiral. I'm like, I'm not getting anything right. I'm going through a divorce. I can't see my son on top of it. Then I was like, well, I'll start stealing time on my time cards at work to see if I can't try to get ahead of this. Mm -hmm. I wound up getting caught and it, they fired me, which again, I was in the wrong mm-hmm. and I shouldn't be doing it. And, you know, ultimately paid the price by losing my job. That threw me into, I'm now at rock bottom. I'm trying to play it off. Like I have everything together, mm-hmm. but I am losing my whole life right between my, I mean, right before my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop right. all of this negativity and I can't stop anything that's going on. Right. I'm not in control. I ultimately decided to put a gun to my head in the back of my truck and squeeze the trigger because I was so mm-hmm. depressed and desperate and needing help and someone to really just be like, look, we'll get through this. But I was so, again, yeah. down and out that that's what I thought was the only thing. And I was like, I'll just sign my rights over uh, to my son's stepdad and I'll, because I can't give him the life that he deserves. 
Um, so by doing that and placing the gun in my head and squeezing the trigger and all of that and realizing the gun jammed, I was a mix wow. of emotions. Wow. Like just what is going on? Oh my gosh. So this Ooh. goes back to the only thing that has ever really been my passion or wow. saved me was the weight room. Wow. So I was like, okay, I've always been good with people mm. and I've always been good in the weight room. Yeah. Let's just dive in to start personal training. So I started yeah. in April, 2017 in Elk Grove. I had no clientele. No one knew who Tyler was. No one knew what I was about. And so I was at this independent facility. It wasn't like a big corporate gym. So at these independent facilities, you have to feed yourself. Mm -hmm. Think of like a barbershop or a hair salon. You're renting space yep. and you're charging your clients whatever you want to charge them. But everyone usually has like three or four clients to start. And I was like, I'll start. <laughs> I literally spent my last $300, had to ask my mom for $50, $25 for gas and $25 for groceries. Yeah, and wow. she was like, this is all I'm giving you. And I was like, that's fine, I'll make it work. And she's yeah, like, yeah. don't ask me for help with rent, you better make it work. And I was right. like, because everyone at this time was tired of Tyler going from job to job to job. And then mm. in the beginning, there was no faith that I was gonna make it. They're like, oh, this is another fad. Here he goes again, trying something new. Well, I loved it so much that I stuck it out. My only client for the first three months was at the time my eight-year-old son. Oh. So I would bring him to the yeah. gym and I would nice. make these training videos of me training this yeah. eight-year-old and people yeah. were like, that's all you train? And I was like, no, I can train real adults, but <laughs> right. this is just who I have right now. So one day, one of my first clients, and we still keep in contact, his name is Gabe, um, was just about to graduate from high school and accepted a D1 scholarship to Arizona State for wrestling. Mm, so cool. we were getting him ready in off season for wrestling to kind of walk in with a little more muscle on his frame. Right. At the time, this sounds insane, I charged him $100 for 12 sessions, a meal plan. Um, wow. So... That's a basically. I'm a personal trainer myself, so yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. When you break down yeah. sessions That's per price, <laughs> I was at like eight dollars a session. Yeah. But if you ask me at the time, I was a millionaire. Like I was like, I'm making my own money. Yeah. Like, yeah. look, I'm making it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so it took off that way, and that's where the momentum really started to gain, um, with where I'm at today in front wow. of you guys. Wow. That again, if you can find your passion and really mm -hmm. double down on that, you the possibilities are endless. Wow. I, you made a comment earlier. You said you're like, I'm either all in or all out, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, even though you, you know, like you said, you bounced around from job to job. That's though a strength of yours because when you're all in, then you're tenacious then yeah. you're persistent. Then you're like, no, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to make it happen. Yeah. If you love it, especially mm -hmm. I can see the whole, like, you know, you're in a job and you're not happy. You're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm out, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, you know? And so in that part, it's hard, but I think that's probably why you are, you know, so su successful right now and getting there. It's because of that all in it is it is yeah. my yeah. mother is completely opposite so we are a family-owned business mom runs the books uh lou runs operations and i run everything with the gym and trainers okay. um and as far as being all in there is my mom has a hard time because we are so polar opposite mm -hmm. i am yeah. the visionary and can see five years in the future what the color of our walls will be. Sure. And my mom is so far in the weeds, and she says that I'm so far down here, I don't even try to look up because it gives me anxiety. Right. And so a right. lot of times, you know, we used to butt heads quite a bit because yeah. her ideas and my ideas didn't really mesh up, mm. but we were really saying the same thing, trying to go the same way. Right, wow. So wait, so how, what was that transition like from training, you know, mm -hmm. your, your eight-year-old yeah. to your first sure. client, yeah. you know? And then uh, getting your own facility, and it's in Roseville, right? Correct. Roseville. It's, what was that like? So from 2017, so from April 2017, right about up to um, December 2017, I then really started picking up with clients so fast that I wasn't really grasping how, how much mm -hmm. was blowing up. Right. Okay. And I was wow. still, and it, it, again, I still have this mindset where if I'm not crushing the goals that I have in my mind, I'm a failure. Mm. And then so, and if you ask anybody else, my goals are borderline impossible. Mm. But if, to me, I'm like, nope, if I don't hit these goals, I'm not making it. Right. And so that's always been my mentality as well. So that changed from April 2017 to getting my first client. I then started getting more and more, started charging more and more. And next thing you know it, and without trying to sound egotistical, I was then making $8,000 a month just through personal training. Wow. But that was from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. back-to-back mm -hmm. sure. clients. And I would get like maybe a one-hour break around 12 o'clock and go back-to-back. -back. I would take wow. my naps upstairs in a storage closet mm -hmm. just because I was running so much. Right. But this is what I wanted and this is what I asked for. So this is why I was like, I can't 
I can't go backwards and I I got the momentum behind me. I need to keep pushing forward by, by, uh, December 28th. I'm sorry, December, 2017, the city of Elk Grove reached out. And this is when even my family started to take a notice of like, you're really blowing up. The city of Elk Grove had reached out and strongly suggested that I bid for their health and director, um, their health director and fitness position. And when that email originally came through, I was like, I messed up, like, because I saw the city of Elk Grove, and I was like, I, I either didn't pay something yeah, or like, someone's coming after me. Yeah, and I opened it up to That's read funny. it, and I was yeah. like, this is really happening. Yeah. Sent it to my mother, and this is where the story really gets awesome. My mother at the time was like, we were ready to open up a franchise, mm-hmm. and it was my mother who actually turned me against it, and I was like, no, let's just open up a franchise and let's play it safe, and we'll make mm-hmm. our money that way. And for her to actually be like, nope, we're going to do everything on our own because you already know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. She then sold her house in Reno. Wow. Um, and we used all of that to open up uh, our first facility. And so, again, here we went from, you know, wow. from being homeless and right. com- trying to attempt suicide to then wow. here I'm picking up clients. And then my mom was like, there's a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. One other, you know, notable accolade that I don't really like to brag about too much is that I was the former trainer for Miss USA oh, and that was the nice. right wow. same thing Very is when cool. the city of Elk Grove reached out wow. and that's again when Lou was like you're really going wow. somewhere with mm-hmm. this that's when my mother really jumped on board and same thing she was like I'm going to sell the house because I think you can really do this so then there goes this pressure from like, okay, like I just have to worry about my bills and my stress to then once we did it and we opened up, yeah. now there's this whole new, I don't want to say stress is the word, but I want to say urgency yeah. because now it's not only me I have to worry about and there's always like, if I fail, okay, I can pick back up and rebuild. But now it's, if I fail, I just let down, mm. you know, my wife, I just let down my mom, I just let down my son, and there's all this money invested into it, and there's nothing to show for it. Mm. So to me, it keeps me up quite a bit, and there's always that, I gotta push, I gotta push, I gotta push. And right. not because I'm money motivated, which to an extent all entrepreneurs are, right. but it's now the whole new mission of, I have to take care of my family, yeah. and I need to repay them back for what they just gave me. Wow. So a loan is different, where you're like, yeah, yeah, or a car payment or anything like that. There's a whole sense of anxiety that comes behind it mm-hmm. right. when you're like, I need to make money to show them that this was a worthwhile decision. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, and I can't speak from from personal experience, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a lot of people that have come from a similar background as yourself. Yeah. And once they make it to that point of success, mm-hmm. it's not only that people are relying on you. It's not only, hey, I want to prove everybody right or some people wrong. Yeah. It's also like you've tasted what it's like at the bottom. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I feel like for people in that situation, there's always that the, in the back of their mind, it's like. I don't know if it's a, like maybe anxiety is the best way to put yeah. it, where it's yeah. like, I, I'll never go back. Yeah, you know exactly. Word for word. sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Like, it will never happen. And so, like, does that still play out? Like, are you constantly thinking about that? I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't voice it too much to the team. Sure. Uh, you know, my mother or, or Lou, because I don't want to, you know, ultimately scare them. Sure. But there are times where we, and I'm very grateful for this. Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it. We have not had a month where we've ever gone backwards. We've always wow, made more than the great. previous month. But it comes with, a, again, a huge sense of urgency. Yeah. So there is that always in the back of my mind. Right. One, I can't go backwards. Two, I can't wind up where I started. Three, I have to make this work. Right. Or so many other people are going to be down and out. And that's what scares me and drives me at the same time. Wow. Sure. And- and sorry, I just, yeah. uh, so you went, like, you started out as a personal trainer. Yeah. But then you have to also, you're a businessman. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so how was that learning as you go, I'm sure? <laughs> how the, was that transition? And it seems like you're taking it on pretty well. It's a huge, yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm going to give all praise to my yeah. team as well. Uh, I like to joke and I like to say that I might look like the pit bull and the mean guy of the gym, but it's actually my mother and Lou who really are the true, <laughs> like, like, no, this is how yeah. it's going to be. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, you better listen. <laughs> yeah. if, you see, if, they, if you see them coming out, yeah. that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. um, the transition was brutal. You go from, okay, look, Susie, this is how we're going to work out. Or, okay, John, today we're going to push this. Yeah. And that is really the extent of, I don't want to say a personal trainer's career because there is marketing, mm-hmm. there is advertising, yeah. but there isn't the other aspects when you're working out of a facility of overhead, of expenses, sure. of 
do we get one ply or two ply toilet paper and do we try to save money on toilet paper right. like these are decisions that you're right. having to make and you're like i don't know like right. who cares just get it right right um so it was brutal and by it i actually took on so much stress and was like so concerned about i put once i made the transition from trainer to business owner mm -hmm. i flipped where i went from okay the business is all about me and i flipped once i went to real business owner it's now about everybody else and i put myself not even on a back burner but i was still like chilling in the fridge and i never took time for myself i wound up putting on more weight and i was the heaviest i've ever been and i just i'm now i'm getting back into my own routine yeah. now that we're finally at a place to where the business can sustain itself but the stress and the right. every day there's something wrong mm -hmm. like that's one of the things business owners have to take on mm -hmm. i wasn't at the time a patient person and you have to really understand patience mm -hmm. because there's something going on with someone or there's an issue that just happened or all of a sudden the toilet's leaking or equipment broke or you name it and you're like i can't catch a break yeah. Yeah. and so that's where one of the things again having a good solid team to back you as well as just the mindset of push 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 keep going keep going keep going and wow. don't let it stop you mm -hmm. there's going to be obstacles that kind of give you a hiccup but as long as you push 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 that's my mindset keep going right. keep going keep going yeah. keep going yeah. so and that's what helped us get through it that's for sure great. but it was brutal wow. i mean i wow. i got and unfortunately got up to 300 pounds okay and was still taking on clients but was so worried about everybody else i was losing myself mm. right. and my health was really starting to really take a bad toll mm. and family then too was like mm, you're really starting to really concern us all i would get up every morning and I would be so stressed out that I would wind up throwing up oh. without, and it was just, I was so stressed and yeah. had such bad acid reflex, yeah. I would lose it. Wow. And it was, it was to the point where people don't ever really see this yeah. and I'm not gonna post about it on Instagram because no one's gonna wanna be like, oh, that's cool, let me like that. You know what I mean? But, that's very true, very true. So you keep a lot of things in the dark and right. you just put a smile on, you're like, yeah, business is good. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm dying, but yeah, business yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, you, like you push, push, just like yeah. this. Yeah. So, so once you kind of realize that about mm -hmm. yourself, what do, you, what do you do even now to kind of make sure there's a, a balance between your own health and yeah. your business and the success of that? Like how do you how do you relax basically? What, what kind of things do you do? <laughs> so it's funny. We just got dirt bikes again, and it brings oh, me cool. back to being a kid yeah. and racing. And now that we can, you know, I can share that with, you know, Lou, and I can share that with my son and my mom. Even my mom, when she went out to the track, like big old huge genuine smile, and she's like, "I love these smells and I love these sounds," because <laughs> it just brings us back to yeah. a time when things were a lot easier sure. and not so chaotic. Sure. But dirt bikes are one of them. Working out will always be, right. you know, bread and butter. Right. Um, but it's funny I tell people I have a hard time working out my own gym even though I own it yeah. because when I'm there it's always I see oh I need to pick this up or this needs to be vacuumed or this needs you to be clean yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and sense. I can't yeah. ever really get a good workout in makes sense so I have to go somewhere else right oh I get that yeah like um when I'm training my, I, I'm, a, I'm a trainer yeah. as well. So when I'm training my athletes, sometimes I want to jump in and work out with them, but I'm, yeah. but I'm like, no, I can't because I, then I can't focus on me. Mm -hmm. It's different because then I'm mixing like my business with what I need to do for my own self yeah. care. So yeah, so I get that part, like of removing yourself yeah. for sure. So I want to go back yeah. just a, a little bit, though, sure. just kind of on your, as far as when you started working with clients yeah. and um, in, even to today, so obviously if they listen to this, if they listen to any podcast or article that's, you know, that you're featured on, they're going to hear your story. But yeah. people that maybe haven't had a chance to listen to any of these types mm -hmm. of things that are just coming in and say, hey, yeah. you know, absolute flex appeal. I need to get in better shape. Do they, do they tend to find out about your story through the, through the process or kind of word of mouth? You know what I'm saying? Is that, yeah. Because I imagine that would provide some inspiration for somebody. I'm sure it does. And we leave it on our website just for that to oh, show cool. people that we aren't really – we like to call absolute flex appeal a hardcore gym, but in the sense to where hardcore in the sense where people come in and they really are training. Right. This isn't where, and I, this isn't a big country club or this isn't like a social club where right. you see everyone there for the amenities and they're just all hanging around. People are really in there to train hard and that's what I want. That environment breeds success and that environment breeds competition, a healthy competition. Right. Right. And everyone needs that yeah. still to this day. We might look over and see and this is a true story. My mom's getting ready to uh, get a, a California record for powerlifting. And oh. she's over there what? squatting 275, wow. sometimes getting up to 315, oh and she's 50 plus. 
Oh my gosh. And so when wow. people see this again, it's that environment that breeds that where you're like, I got to push too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's all this healthy, genuine competition and everyone's thriving. Mm. And so when people come into absolute flex appeal, we accept everybody, mm. but we always tell them we are a hardcore gym. We like our tattoos. We like our loud music, yeah. Yeah. but sure. we're going to treat everyone with respect in class and we expect the same. So, you know, yeah. it, it, it's that's been awesome. a huge success. Wow. Great. That's great. What is the um, motivation behind the name Absolute Flex Appeal? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. When I was, so again, when, how I was going from like job to job and yeah. trying to figure out who I was, I started fighting full time because I was, again, looking for that validation and that respect of being, you know, Mr. Macho because I didn't have my own identity. So I was MMA and boxing mm-hmm. at the same time. Oh. And my boxing coach at the time gave me the nickname Tyler the Absolute Andre. And the reason he oh, gave okay. me the absolute is because he's like, you're all in or you're all out. Yeah. Therefore, sure. the absolute. Wow. And I've always been a goofy kind of, you know, big kid at heart. Yeah. So absolute flex appeal, flex, and then obviously it rhymes and, you know, kind of makes appeal, it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just people are like, I like that. It yeah. sticks. It's yeah. not Very like, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want right. people to remember it and I want people to hear that name and be, I like that name. Or, yeah. or look into it and remember it. So the inspiration really came from just one, me being a big kid at heart and two, mixing something that was always a part of me. And then the two just came together. Yeah, that's awesome. There's obviously a lot of um, just just listening to you talk and just about your business and um, it's very motivational. So it sounds like it's a lot like you do a lot of coaching, like Mm -hmm. whether you know it or not, probably with your business and your trainers Mm -hmm. and. Um, Maybe so, your son too. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think like how do you, obviously athletics has influenced you mm-hmm. in that way? So, is there um, uh, is there like a point like going back in your athletic area that you think that motivated you to do? I don't even know how I'm asking this yeah. question. Yeah. I'm not sure. Where, no, I don't yeah, know I'm getting there. I'm following. <laughs> we'll cut. We'll cut this part out. No, well, yeah. Yeah. Cut, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, that was is, a bad time. I should have taken it out of the camera. I know. Yeah, Thank that's all right, you. though. That's okay. Thanks so much. Sorry, um, Tyler. It's all good. We're more professional than this, usually. <laughs> not not no, really. It's all good. Not. I like it. No, it usually goes like this. Yeah. Um, but, um, okay, well, let's skip that question. No, Next it's question. Good, it's a good question. No. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler was uh, following you. Yeah. Oh. I was, 100%. He, he was. He was yeah. like, uh-huh, and then I lost myself. Okay. Is there... Is there anything that you could tell a coach who is um, who has a kid who is struggling like yeah. yourself, like you were? Um, what advice would you give them, like to handle that? You know what? That's good. That's a good question. Was that a good? I like, almost want to say okay, it's good. not really advice, but it's more actions. Because when you have a kid who's struggling like I was, and I can just yeah. speak for myself. I was mad at the world and I was not only mad at the world, but I was mad at all my family, you know, circumstances. Why, where was my dad? Where's this? Hmm. So sure. You can be like, look, Johnny, everything's going to get better soon. You just got to write it out. And Johnny's going to be like, man, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever coach, you don't know. Yeah. What I'm saying is if there is a coach who's dealing with kids who are having these adversities and these struggles, it almost shows more and that you'll have that kid buy in if you show actions Mm. and those actions are throw a hug or an arm around the kid and be like, look, little Johnny, I love you. I'm here for you. Mm. Or Mm -hmm. have more team bonding, building exercises, you know? Um, And there's a lot of it now that's starting to come out in coaching where you see the kids that really buy into the programs are because the coaches have really influenced that culture. And if there's no culture really to be had because the coaches are just, look, we're going to go out there and win games, you're going to lose the whole aspect of Mm -hmm. what you're trying to do. You're trying to build up young men, young women to really take on the world outside of sports Mm -hmm. because we all know getting a D1 scholarship or even just a general D1, D2, D3 is a feat in itself. And if you have kids who can make it, I mean, job well done. But if you can take it to the next level and actually go pro, then again, that coach really did his job. Mm -hmm. But that comes from high school work ethic and placing expectations and goals on these kids to where, look, this is where you want to go, but I'm going to put the bar this high that you're going to be uncomfortable the entire time because that's what life is all about. And later on, little Johnny's going to be like, man, you used to ride me so hard, but now I really see why you were pushing me and why you were always on me and why you were nagging me. And I appreciate it. And that's what the coaches really need to buy into. Oh, for sure. Well, I think looking at your story too, um, you know, 
obviously the name of this is character combine so yeah. we're all about yeah. it's character right so um it's got to be cool for you to look back at your story and look at all of the challenges all of the obstacles all of the the pain that came mm -hmm. with that story and then you look back and realize how it was basically molding the character that you have yeah. now you know what i'm saying and like you yeah. said it's not yeah. necessarily fun to look back uh -huh. and, and you're not thankful about that in the moment because it's just, it's just painful yeah. but looking back it's like it's obvious from talking to you now that mm -hmm. you're you're you've taken that and used it to further yourself rather than i think some people would be crushed under the weight oh for sure you know what i'm saying and i I was thinking of this the other day, but there are a lot of rag to riches stories, but there's also a lot of riches to rags. Mm -hmm. And if for mm. you to be on any side, obviously rags to riches, but that rags to riches comes with a lot of turmoil, a lot of stress, a lot of heartache, a lot of, why am I here? Why do I have to be living? Or, you know what I mean? Like, why is my life like this? Mm -hmm. But what people don't see is that's the quote unquote boot camp that's gonna get you mm -hmm. to your success if you stay with it. And there's gonna be times where you are just drowning in all of these you know, why me, pity story this, this isn't going right, lost my job, lost my relationship. And it's easy to take a victim mindset and just let it be, well, it's okay, I didn't get this, or it's this happened, or because I lost this, this happened. Mm -hmm. And people take on this mindset to when they realize that it's a two-way street. You can either look at it as an obstacle or you can look at it as a proving ground. And once you defeat it or once you get past it, you won't have to worry about it, but there is going to be new challenges. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What what? Kind of, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, is I already butchered a question. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Um, no, you know, because you asked about the coach and what mm. advice would you have for a coach, but I think it would be benefit. And you, there's a lot of advice within this episode, but if we're talking to an athlete, you mm. know, a high school athlete that maybe they're in a similar position that you were, what advice would you have for them where they're like, they might be, you know, having this dilemma it's like, okay, do I give you know, everything I have to school and my sport, or do I get involved in things that are maybe not beneficial sure. for me, whatever it might be, what advice, or maybe they're just struggling. Yeah. They're just having a difficult time in life. What advice would you say to someone that's in that place and thinking, even you, you yeah. mentioned your part of the story where you, you know, were trying to kill yourself. Yeah. If there's someone in that position, what advice would you have for them? There's two parts to that. Well, first answer, like, I get it. When even all of us, when we're in high school, you're going through puberty, hormone changes, your hormones are all over the place on top of trying to fit in, on top of trying to like, do I have the new latest fashion and am I, and am I looking cool? Mm. And everyone's worried about image and this and that. But what they don't realize is just because that's the environment they're in and they haven't experienced, and we have experienced life outside of high school, fitting in and being popular to them is the ultimate goal. And so a lot of times sacrifices are made so they can get that status. When you look back on it, you graduate and you right. see, I did a lot of dumb stuff for dumb reasons right. to try to fit in with kids that I don't even talk to anymore, <laughs> right? So going back to it, yeah. if you're struggling between should I focus on school or should I focus on you know the instant gratification that high school brings, like the parties or this and the, right. all the other distractions, right. don't. Yeah. But it's easy for me to sit here and say, right. look, don't focus on that. But when these kids are in that environment five days out of the week, that's all they care about. So you have to make, and this is where you got to have a balanced decision. You got to understand where do you want to go and how is what you're doing helping you go to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. If you're a high school athlete, you know, you want a D1 scholarship, obviously going out on the weekend, partying, you know, partaking in alcohol and underage drinking and drugs isn't getting you any closer to that D1 scholarship. Sure. Now I'm not saying, you know, not enjoy high school, not enjoy high school dances or whatever, sure. but I am saying you got to make sure that what right. you're doing doesn't get you in trouble, nor does it interrupt where you're going. Right. Because it takes one party and everyone's busted for underage drinking, and next thing you know it, you have a record, mm -hmm. and you're like, well, this university doesn't want to take me because I have a record, right. or this coach doesn't want to recruit me because I have a past. Right. And those are things that really play in, and you're like, I wish I would have just made a different decision in the heat of the moment. So don't get caught up in the heat of the moment. As far as those kids that are dealing with, you know, depression or they don't feel like they fade in or they feel like, you know, ultimately suicide might be the best answer. As a kid in high school, you're still so very young that you haven't really even begin to experience life. And yeah, you might look forward and it might give you anxiety because you're like, how am I gonna handle this or afford this or do this? When in all actuality, None of us know what we're doing, right? right? Yeah. Like I can even say that confidently now. There's times where I make business decisions and I'm like, look, we're, it, it'll either work out or it won't, but we'll learn yeah. from it either way. Mm -hmm. And so to kids who are struggling with that, get through high school. 
And yes, it might be the hardest time of your life right now because of all the changes you're going through, mm -hmm. but you're going to see on the flip side, there's so much more to it and there's so much more to life than just being yeah. in the cool crowd. Right. Oh, that's really good advice. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a high school teacher, so um, I'm going to make my kids listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, they, I think that'd be good for sure. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, what is, what's next for you and yeah. um, Absolute Flex Appeal? Sure. So there's a few things. And if I'm glad my mom's not here because she'd be like, don't ask them because <laughs> I am always like three or four things like in the works. And even Lou will say, I want to open up obviously more locations. Um, I want to go to yeah. Folsom. I want to expand our current location. So we're at 7,700 square feet. I want to take next door and add another 5,500 square feet. Mm, okay. The goal is always to be one, to give people an environment where they can actually work out and train. And it's not just a, you know, again, it's not just a social club. People are actually in there to really get results. Right. But my main mission has always been to help trainers really become their own boss yeah. and experience mm. this lifestyle of being an entrepreneur and the benefits that comes with it. So by using that, Absolute Flex Appeal as their platform. I want to help as many trainers get to their first six figures as possible. Wow. So if we can go to Folsom and we can go to then the Bay Area and start really franchising, that's the ultimate end goal is, wow. again, to cool. give back to all the trainers who don't have to be under the thumb of a corporate gym who's taking 40 to 60% of everything mm -hmm. they sell. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then I read on your website you guys got voted best gym. Yeah, it was so nice. unreal. That's, That's awesome. So, cool. so we got cool. voted best gym for 2018 and 19. Oh, nice. Um, and I was, we're right in the, in the, not even a, a two mile radius of Lifetime 24, CalFit, wow. and now Villa Sports about to open up right down That's the street. Right. Right. Yeah. And so we are in these wow. mega gym, mega popular. Right. And here we are, this independent gym that's all about graffiti and hardcore, but you're right, gonna right, work right. really hard. Yeah. And I was like, man, we are really David and Goliath right now. So when <laughs> right. these awards came through, same thing. It was like, this is fake. This is a scam. Right. Who sent this? You know, like, no way. Some sick joke, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, congratulations. That's very cool. Thank you, yeah, thank congrats you. Congrats for sure. Yeah. Um, well, man, we appreciate you coming through. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun a fun interview. Thank I you. Think, um, Until I screwed up that question. <laughs> We're gonna cut that out, right? All right. So anyways, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely leaving that in. But uh, hey, man, we just appreciate you coming through thank and you. sharing your story. And I, and I do feel like it was really important thank for you. people to hear, yeah, hear because uh, we just never know who, this, yeah. who hears this and yeah. you know, who's going through the same thing or who's coaching someone that's also going through the same thing. For so, sure. Um, but before we get out of here, where can they follow you, social yeah. media, all that stuff? So first things first, I definitely got to say, you know, I love you, Mom. I love you, Lou. Thank you to my grandfather and my mm -hmm. family for always backing me and being there when no one was there. Yeah. That, to me, will always be... And to Bubba, my son, you know, you're always a huge inspiration. Aww. But you can find my personal page on Instagram. Get ready. It's Chunky underscore Tyrone. <laughs> or you can, you can find nice. the gym page, uh, Absolute underscore Flex underscore Appeal. Um, and you can see I just posted this new funny video. You guys will definitely have to check it out. Okay, um, cool. But that's where okay. you can find me. Awesome. Very cool. cool. And you guys can find us on Twitter at Sports Character, yes. Instagram at Character Combine, Facebook. Um, LinkedIn, a little bit of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. It. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.